Hi, welcome back to AR Zone. I'm your host, Carolyn Bailey. These continuing interviews on intersectional veganism and related issues are in association with VegFest UK. In our interview today, Roger and I are very excited to welcome our special guest, Harley MacDonald Eckersall. Harley is one of the directors and founding members of an exciting new Australian group called Young Voices for Animals, or YVA, which is pronounced EVA. Founded in early 2017, EVA is a group run for youth, by youth, with a vision to educate and empower the next generation of young people working toward animal liberation. This year, they've launched their first project, Catalyst, which is a youth leadership and development program designed to allow young people the opportunity to take a concern for other animals to the next level and start building a better future. Harley is also passionate about using stories to change our perception of other animals and see them for who they really are. With a deep interest in social justice, she spent the last two years serving as a volunteer for a number of organisations while studying a Bachelor of Arts and a Master of Cultural and Creative Industries at Monash University. Harley, thanks for joining us today and welcome to AR Zone. Hi, thanks for having me here. You're most welcome. Harley, as I mentioned in your intro, you're one of the directors for EVA, which sounds very exciting. Would you please explain to our listeners who EVA is and what you hope to achieve? Yeah, as you said, Young Voices for Animals, yeah, EVA, as we call ourselves. We're basically a group which started with just an awareness, really. We're all young people ourselves. We're all under 25 at the moment, and that's a big part of our group. We just realised that there was quite a gap in the animal rights movement in Melbourne, and I'm sure it's the same all around the world, where while there was like a lot of passionate young people, we were one of them, we knew other people who were really passionate and enthusiastic, there wasn't much of a space for those young people to start expressing themselves and to start actually making positive action. So while they could go along and join a group which was primarily led by adults, a lot of the time primarily led by men, white men, there wasn't much of a real like cutout space in the movement for them to feel empowered and start making changes that they see as important rather than what an older generation sees as important. And like we looked at the older generation and we thought that they're doing such amazing things. They're really like we have so much respect for all the people who've been in the, the animal rights movement for such a long time and are doing so much. But it's really hard as a young person to be part of a movement and to be looking up to these people who have been working in this movement for so long and feeling like you can't really compete, I guess, not compete, but compare to them or have the same level of voice. So what Eva wants to do is we want to create really positive, really empowering spaces for young people where they can take all this passion that they're feeling and all this like conviction that a better future for everyone is possible and transform it into action that they can see in their community and that they can make happen. So yeah, we're, we're working on a lot of projects right now and they all have the same aim of empowering young people to realize that their voices are just as important as the people who've been in the movement for a long time. And in fact, that they are the future and that they're the ones who are going to push the change that will make really positive impact for the future and hopefully lead to what we're all wanting, which is, you know, animal liberation, a world where no one is oppressed based on trivial differences. 
<laughs> that's that's absolutely wonderful. I was going to ask you why you decided to focus on young people of that age, but you've kind of already answered that. I just wanted to add to that. I, I have a son who's who's around about that age, and I really appreciate like from our perspective, the fact that there is somebody who is working with young people of that age and working in a respectful way with them because that age group has been neglected for a really long time. As we were speaking earlier, that age group is either kind of pushed down to children or pushed up with adults. And, and neither of those groups are really suitable for, for teenagers, who particularly teenagers who are looking at leadership roles. So um, I guess I, from a personal perspective, I wanted to thank you for what you're doing for, for young people of that age. <laughs> thank you. No, um, I guess like, yeah, it's um, it was something we were really aware of because I also think a lot of the time when people are making groups for young people, which does happen, and this happened a lot in other social justice movements with really positive results, but a lot of the time they're older people, which is great that those spaces are being created, but it's a lot of the time it's, you know, mid-career, late-career people going like, oh, mm. it'd be great to create a space for youth. Mm. But what we thought was like, we are young people ourselves. Like, I'm 20, so I wasn't far out of high school when I became involved with Eva. So it's this idea that we are at this, we're at the same level, I guess. We're at the same, on the same wavelength as a lot of the young people we're working with. We might have been involved in the animal rights movement for a bit longer, or we might have done a bit more research onto, into these issues because a lot of the people we're working with are kind of, I guess you'd call them early stage vegans. They've just become vegan or they're vegetarian and they don't really, they're trying to figure a lot of stuff out. But we are on that level and we kind of know where they're at. Whereas when there's older people, it's kind of that big, creating these groups, it's kind of still a bit of a, a big divide where it's like, you can tell young people what to do, like a youth group, like whether we have this role, let's do this. Whereas we aim to work with the young people and really take their, like help them develop their skills and their ideas into change. So we want to not tell, like have a project and go, here, do this for us. We really want to work with them to develop their ideas and their projects and make them a reality. So I think it's, there's this whole idea around kind of, young people need direction and they need people to kind of tell them what to do but I think like there's so much of that in society there's so much of just you put young people in kind of a space and you give them direction and you tell them what to do and I really think that it's diminishing a lot of the power of young people and the power of their imaginations and their hope so we really aim to give them a true space to express themselves where they can actually feel that their voices and their ideas are important and are valid and can contribute to what they want to achieve in a really effective and positive way. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Harley, Eva's focus is obviously on advocacy for other animals. Do you also speak about pro-intersectional advocacy or about the fact that all oppression is linked or entangled. And I'll explain why I asked that question. It's not to take the focus away from other animals. It's because I see a lot of animal advocacy that's actually oppressive toward marginalised groups, such as the continued use of ableist language, misogyny and racism from within advocacy spaces, which obviously turns a lot of people away from advocacy. Is that something that Eva has a position on or is addressing? Definitely. So we are really, we're like 
big believers that oppression of all kinds is inextricably linked and you can't fight one kind of oppression without addressing and fighting other kinds of oppression. So at EVA, we have a lot of kind of internal um, things addressing this. So we have like, you know, our writing style guide, which has long lists of oppressive language and alternatives, and that includes speciesist language, sexist language, heterosexist language, ableist language, and the list goes on. So we're really passionate as a group about combating that, both through our actions and through our behaviours and through our language and through the way we think about things. So as a group, we're really passionate about ensuring that we are presenting ourselves in a way that is not oppressing any of our marginalised groups. And when we're communicating with our participants and the people involved with us, it's the same. We really keen to support other areas of social justice and other areas of anti-oppression advocacy. And we are really enthusiastic in supporting any marginalised groups who are advocating for change. So, yeah, I think we're in an organisation, we're in a privileged position to be able to talk to a lot of young people who are doing a lot of amazing things. And one of the questions we ask people when we're kind of just getting to know them or kind of they're applying for any of our programs is like, are you involved in any other areas of advocacy or social justice? And if they are, we really like, we love them. We really want to talk to them about that and have conversations about how oppression is connected. And if they feel that their involvement with other areas of social justice kind of helps their advocacy for other animals or whether they feel that there's a conflict between them. So at the moment, like just as an example, one of our participants is quite involved with the Melbourne refugee advocacy scene. She's just started a youth group there, which is oh, well, fantastic. Nice. Yeah, it's so fantastic. And like, it's just amazing what she's doing at the moment, because she's starting to think of imagining like a future where there'll be an alliance between different advocacy groups within Melbourne. So she has some connections with like feminist groups and it's amazing having a conversation with her and having a conversation with our other participants and imagining that future where there's different groups fighting for oppression who are currently, a lot of the time, they are quite removed from each other, really banding together and fighting together to end all oppression ideally. And that can be difficult because as you pointed out, there is a lot of I guess, like, there's not that awareness of intersectionality and the connections of oppression in some areas. And you do see that in the animal rights movement, yeah. where there's a, that's, there are some people who aren't as, in trying to advocate for one group, may, I guess, hopefully unintentionally propagate oppression of another group. So we're definitely, we don't want to see that in our group, and we want to really try and work to a place where we as a group, we as a movement, recognise our place within the broader movement of anti-oppression in society. That's just wonderful. I'm so pleased to hear all of that. It's so encouraging. And I think, like you kind of hinted at, I think that in the animal movement, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and misrepresentation about what pro-intersectionality actually means. I think that a lot of people seem to think that if we care about about racism, then we're taking the focus away from other animals. But as you know, that's that's obviously not the case. If if we don't care about racism, we're not caring about people of colour in, in our movement and we're, we're just turning them away. And our movement is 100% made up of humans. We're turning humans away. We're doing one of the worst possible things we can 
we can do for a movement for social justice. So I am just, I'm so encouraged to hear everything you had to say. Thank you. A lot of the time, I think a lot of the problems come from members of privileged groups attempting to speak on behalf of minority groups or underprivileged groups or underrepresented groups. And that's why I said, like, I hopefully unintentionally there's mm. this, like, perpetuation of oppression because I think a lot of the time it is just people being like, oh, well, I identify as this way and I can do this. So, therefore, other people ident who identify like this or who have the same kind of situation as me can do this as well. So we have a big focus as well on kind of identifying skills and also identifying your capacity to act within this movement and having a really shame-free place where we accept that some people may want to go out into the streets and march and hold up video screens and do anything that they deem effective to kind of bring attention to the issues affecting other animals, where there may be other people who don't have the capacity to do that for whatever reason or don't feel safe to do that or don't feel that they are in a privileged position to do that. And we accept that as well. And we really want to support those people for whatever reason they don't feel comfortable or able to engage in, I guess, what we would call like traditional advocacy, like marches yeah. and video outreach and all that kind of thing. But I think there's a bit of a perception at the moment that people who aren't doing that or don't want to do that don't want to help or be a voice, uh, kind of provide an insight into what's happening to other animals or kind of bring about a future where other animals aren't oppressed. It's so clearly that's not true. It's just people have different capacities in what they feel comfortable doing and how they feel comfortable being an activist, being an advocate. So, Absolutely. yeah, we really want to just build this space where no matter what your capacity, no matter what you feel you want to do to help bring about an, I guess we have an idea of an ideal world and a world that's just constructed through hope. What you want to do to bring that world is completely up to you. And all we want to do is support you in doing that. So that's our kind of idea when we come into this, that we want to be someone who can support other people in realizing their dreams. And we think that young people have amazingly powerful dreams. So if we can support them in making them a reality, then that's going to be incredibly powerful. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ali. Hi, Harley. This is uh, Roger here. It's funny, Hi, I, I, ca I can't uh, hear your name without thinking of Harley Davidson uh, motorbike, so I think I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm living out my midlife life crisis on uh, a global po podcast. Actually, <laughs> I was fascinated by your first answer because um, for me, as a vegan since 1979, I tend to think yeah. of the movement as made up of, in, you know, almost like entirely of young people. You know, who have been vegan for, say, you know, four or five years. You know, it's an interesting one, but we can probably talk about that later. Anyway, um, it's, it's really good to see the focus on young people, you know, being, you know, part and parcel of, of what you're doing. Around about 1982 and 1983, the BUAV, it's a British group called the British Union for the Abolition of Vivisection, it was kind of radicalized in the early 80s, and I was... Um, a member of the committee. They launched a, an initiative to involve young people, and it was called the Rat Pack, and that was before the internet. 
So your plans are well more developed than that, you know. So can you... <laughs> if, if you're hearing a dog barking here, it's because I'm, I'm dog-sitting at, at the moment. <laughs> They're having a dispute about a, uh, a seat, a seat, I think. Anyway, can you tell us a bit, a bit more about, about your workshops, which seem to be a real focus for you at this moment? Yeah, definitely. So for the workshops, I'm guessing you're referring to Catalyst. So Catalyst was a program that we just ran. It was um, it was four weeks, um, a work, one workshop a week, and it ran on Saturdays. And so the idea behind Catalyst evolved quite a lot. It was um, about a year in development before we um, actually started it. And originally our plan was to kind of – our idea was to get a group of non-vegans, ideally. That's what we wanted, non-vegans or kind of people – who are passionate about animals. So kind of, you know, the whole, I love animals. I really want to take care of them, but they didn't really have that education. So that was our first idea. And we wanted to kind of give them some education and give them some you know, empowerment and send them on our way, on their way. But as we kind of like started to develop the workshops and really got to talking with other people and just among us ourselves about what we thought was going to be most effective, we realized that, there are a lot of groups at the moment who are focusing on education, like vegan education, vegan outreach. And there's not so much about when you do decide to go vegan, what to do next and how to be an effective advocate and how to go out there and feel empowered in your conviction. Because, you know, it's, it's so hard, especially as a young person, like all of our people involved in our workshops were in high school and a lot of them were the only vegans in their high school the only people who kind of had any kind of connection to animal rights and what was happening to other animals. So, and that was like, it's incredibly hard to be in that position where you're going through high school, which is already hard enough and feeling so isolated and feeling like you're the only one who cares about something, which is so massive. So when we kind of realized that and started to talk to more people, we decided instead to focus these workshops on Education, sure, but really empowerment and working on skills to become a more effective advocate and go out there and start to use your like unique skills to create something really positive and create and go out into the community and do something which you feel is powerful and you feel means something. So that's kind of the mindset that we came into at the end and we started to create these workshops. So there was four workshops, like I said, and the first two were very focused on education and just fleshing out a lot of concepts and encouraging critical thinking. So we explored speciesism a lot, which although it's so it's like it's the core of all the oppression that happens to other animals by humans, it's very misunderstood, we felt even within the vegan movement, it's uh, it's a term and it's a concept that gets so often misrepresented. So we really Absolutely. wanted to, yeah, so we really wanted to encourage these young people to start thinking about it critically and start thinking about not just, you know, why do we eat a cow and love a dog, but why do we believe as humans, why do we believe that we are superior to other animals in any way? So we explored that in a lot more detail and we, and that was the same in we had like guest speakers in workshop two about kind of nutrition and thinking about why people are so worried about their health and why people 
are so scared to go vegan, like what those roadblocks are in place. And then our second two workshops. So the first two, as I said, were very focused on critical thinking and expanding that thinking about different topics and different ways that we are oppressing other groups. And then the second group of workshops were very much focused on empowering you, empowering them and making them feel like they were enough, I guess. So we had a workshop which was um, facilitated by Ash Nayati, who's a clinical neuropsychologist, and she talked about, about a lot about effective communication and kind of self-care and how to take care of yourself while advocating for other animals. And then we had a workshop that was about um, skills building and action planning and how to identify what you're good at and what you like doing and then kind of shape that into how you can take those skills that you identify and what you like doing and make a positive difference in whatever area that you're passionate about. I think I feel like at the moment what we kind of identified when we were thinking about the movement, there's a lot of, um, I guess one way of thinking about it, there's a lot of like jigsaw. It's a bit of a jigsaw. So it's like you become vegan and then there's these certain ways of being an advocate. There's like different groups in Melbourne. I'm sure it's the same in other places. And you can kind of join one of those groups and they do a very, usually a very specific kind of advocacy. A lot of it may be you know, outreach. Um, or video outreach, or there'll be like vigils, and there's very specific little subsections. And they're all doing amazing things, and we believe that they're doing amazing things. And if people want to go along and start becoming involved with them, we would support that. But we also wanted to identify the fact that those very kind of public or known groups and outreach behaviours aren't the only way to make really positive change. So we wanted to focus in not on what opportunities there are currently, but what your what their skills may make them good at and what they may be able to do in the future. So yeah, the workshops were an amazing experience. Like it was so fantastic to just have these really like 15 really passionate, excited young people going in there just ready to learn and ready to challenge themselves. And we really like came out of it at the end with just this amazing group of people with all these like big goals and big dreams. And that so we're, run, we're actually in the middle of a mentorship program right now, and that was um, that's gonna that's running for three months after the workshops, which finished in March. So this is we're just coming to the end of the first month of our mentorship, and all of our participants are working on goals that they set during the workshops. So like we've got some people who their goal was to cook for their family, which may seem like a small thing, but for this one for this person it was such a massive thing because their family is not very supportive of their choice to like want to be vegan and want to exclude the use of animals from their lives so that's like a really big thing for them and other people are doing things like attempting to yeah create like a youth alliance between different groups or just fundraise for a local sanctuary so we've got like a really varied and broad range of people doing really different things and all of them are like we see them as so positive because it's just proof that everyone has such a unique outlook on the world and such a unique way of going about things. And we need everyone's unique approaches to bring this future that we all want. Yeah, thanks for that. And um, I really like that um, jigsaw analogy, which I, I use myself uh, 
in, in a certain context. And um, going back to one of the things that you said early on in your reply, you know, about an hour ago, <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you you said this thing. You know, you, you talked about this thing about um, loving loving animals. And I've noticed yep. that um, in recent times, th this seems this idea has, seems to have come back into animal advocacy. Whereas in my generation, you know, kind of another generational point, we would resist that. You know, we we would think that um, you know it's much more rights based. You know, Tom Reagan was much more kind of influential in those days. We we would talk about other animals being rights bearers and that what we would do to them would rights violations and the idea of loving animals wouldn't really come into it and so you know is that is that a kind of change that's kind of happened in 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 your kind of generation as it were um i think it's a really interesting question because for me personally i'm always very hard line about it if someone goes oh you're vegan you must love animals i always answer by saying well i love some animals who i know you know i don't just love all animals and I, yeah, I personally believe that, you know, I, I want everyone to see animals, other animals as individuals and kind of species is not just a random group where you can love like a whole <laughs> amazing, like the whole world of animals you can love as, I see love as something that applies to individuals. Yeah, some animals suck, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like there's a, a horse I know who I have a troubled relationship with, definitely wouldn't say I love them, you know, I respect them and I wouldn't kill them so I, th I definitely see that you know uh, regardless of species everyone is deserving of rights and regardless of whether you love them or not but I do definitely think that that whole idea and that whole kind of narrative of if you love animals don't eat them is definitely a big part of advocacy these days and I think there is a lot of appealing to people's compassion and appealing to people's sense of like what is right like and I think love is one way of doing that it's like not my personal style of advocacy but I do see it very like presently in the movement at the moment and yeah I wonder if that is kind of a concrete change in the movement or whether it's just a kind of trend at the moment I guess and I wonder what the idea behind that is because I think like, you can appeal to a people's compassion to a certain extent but like rights are inalienable and in the end, we're going to need to fight to get rights for people regardless of species. So I think love only goes so far. But I do think that when it's when you're trying to address someone and when you're trying to do individual style outreach, that kind of compassion based appeals has its merit. I think there's there's always going to be the difference between kind of individual based advocacy and what's going to be I guess effective or what's going to be kind of powerful when you're talking to someone one-on-one -on -one and rather like institutional style advocacy and this is a site we actually talked about in our fourth workshop that idea the difference between kind of systemic change and kind of like individual change and that kind of binary some um, spectrum and how there's people operating on different levels on that spectrum so yeah, it is really interesting. Yeah, I, re I really get you on that. Yeah, th thanks very much for that. Harley, how would a young person go about contacting you and being part of EVA? And if they're not in Australia, is there anything they can do to be involved? Okay, so um, we have a Facebook page, which is probably our most active 
form of communication right now and that's just young voices for animals so at eva australia i think is our thing but if you just type in young voices for animals that's where you can find us and for those in australia we do have regular events at the moment where we're trying to be an active presence with other within other events at the animal rights movement while focusing on kind of more our own things are more like large scale and kind of less frequent so we're planning something at the moment which will kind of launch in a couple of weeks which will be happening later this year and that will be another big thing where a lot of youth can be involved and then of course we'll be running catalyst again next year so that's kind of the way that people in australia specifically melbourne can get involved with like signing up to our projects and becoming active in those spaces whereas and then yeah like coming along to our events where they're more just social events where we'll just get together and kind of talk to each other about what we're doing and just create that kind of youth community that we want. Um, for those outside of Australia, we currently are very Australia-based in our actions, but we definitely have an online community and we're definitely wanting to build that online community. We're hoping to expand into more areas of social media soon and kind of start to make that a more active space because that's where a lot of communication, especially with young people, happens. So definitely like like our Facebook page and to come like become active post on our Facebook page do whatever you want it's really we want to build ourselves as a really interactive and youth run platform so if you are in Australia or outside of Australia and you want to become involved get in contact with us yeah like um what's the word <laughs> chat with us on social media do all that kind of stuff because we really want to hear from everyone and we want to hear what young people think we should be doing and what young people want to see happen because that's what that's what we want to be we want to be run by young people and led by the youth like the youth of today to generate what they want like the content that they want but yeah so facebook is where we're at at the moment and you can also look at our website which is www.evayva.org.au so yeah there are our main two platforms where you can kind of learn more about us and get in touch with us Perfect. Harley, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Really appreciate your time. And I appreciate so much everything that you and the other people from EVA are doing. You're making enormous changes in the world. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> fantastic. I'm really excited to hear more. Ever did a thing to me? Why don't he bring me to?